Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Awesome. Uh, so for those who don't know me, I'm Jono Hooper. Um, I was born in South Africa and moved to Upper Hutt and then to Rolleston and now to Ashburton, which I call my home because uh, great church, my home as well. Um, so I'm just going to quickly pray to start. Well, we just thank you so much for this morning. We just thank you that you're here. Uh, we just thank you that you love us so much. Just pray that you'd speak to us through the word and I just pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, you'd do what you want to do this morning. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sweet. So uh, this morning, just, just before I start on the message, I just um, just kind of had a, like an urgency in, in, an urgency in my heart about bringing like a, um, almost like a, a warning, you know, like when you can see uh, prophetically what the enemy is trying to do, not, not to dwell on that too much, but uh, just to bring like a bit of an exposure um, I got these three words, uh, like a bit of the plan of the enemy was division, discouragement, and distraction. Um, and I just really uh, was sensing in these times, globally, nationally, uh, around the church, the enemy has a lot of plans to bring uh, division or stuff that is going to happen to us, happen amongst us. And, you know, we just have to be super careful, super watch what happens. You know, if someone has a differing view about something, just ask yourself, is this going to jeopardize my relationship with the person? Am I going to, you know, like just just have that in the back of your mind because I'm telling you, in these days, these are the days that we need to stand together in, in unity. And I just also, discouragement, you know, it's been a one, like a long-standing one, I think, but... Uh, the enemy just wants to bring discouragement. He wants to tell us, you know, uh, the world's going to, it's, it's, it's stuffed up, it's, it's, it's going down the drain, and you know that God's church is, is going down and things are bad, it's happening. He wants to bring a discouragement and, and um, it's not good. And, and, the, and the third one, which ties in with the division one, if you can connect the dots, is distraction. You know, the enemy wants us to be so distracted on all the stuff that's happening all around that we get off the, the target of what God's really doing in this time and in this hour. And, and we have to be so careful we don't just get swept up with all of everything and people have all different opinions, ideas and everything and, and we have to be careful that our hearts don't want to run after different things and different opinions and everything and then we actually miss the move of God of what he wants to do. You know, God wants to save souls, he wants to, he wants to release people from stuff, he wants to do all sorts of stuff. If we get distracted with all of what's happening in the world, we'll miss what, what's happening in heaven. Um, so... What God is doing is, I actually believe He's bringing a greater unity to us and to the churches in, in New Zealand and, and around the world. And in place of discouragement, God's bringing, um, I, I just believe, a greater release of, of the prophetic into the churches, into even into this church. Um, 
And you know, the, the prophetic word, it's like the spirit of encouragement. It's like the antidote to discouragement. You know, you can be having a horrible day and someone just brings a word in season and it just, oh, just lifts that discouragement off you. It just brings in the truth like that light and the darkness dispels. And uh, the, the, the third one of that discouragement, God's bringing in a greater vision for his, his church and a, and, and a focus onto, onto Jesus. Amen. So I'll just quickly pray into those. So, Lord, we just thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're stopping division, discouragement, and distraction. And, Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, your, your will and your purposes will, will come to pass um, in Jesus' name. Right. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, um, my message starts this morning um, in Exodus. And uh, where, where we pick up from, um, Israel is in slavery. Um, Moses had been born and then run away from, from Egypt and he fled to Midian. And so we join the story when God is speaking to Moses, you know, in the burning bush when, when Moses is walking and then he sees like the, the flaming bush and he's like, that's weird that that bush is not burning up. I better go see what's up. So the Lord is speaking to Moses, but he's also speaking to the people who've been in slavery for 430 years. It's like a long time making bricks. Out of straw. <laughs> In Exodus 3 verses 7 to 8 says, The Lord has said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of these slave drivers. Just know those words. And I'm concerned about their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them. Note that word as well. From the land, the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious Land. So if you like to one, if you're one of those people who love to take notes and to write that stuff, just know the word slave drivers. A slave driver is something or someone that is ruling my life apart from God. And note the word rescue as well, which also means saved, delivered, and it's salvation. It's interesting that salvation to a Hebrew person was never about going to heaven one day. In fact, in the first 1,500 years of church history, if you were to ask anybody, why did Jesus die on the cross? A lot of the thinking wasn't around uh, just to forgive us of, of our sins and so we could go to heaven or, uh, and, and, and not hell. And, you know, we're all about personal um, forgiveness and redemption, individual forgiveness. But I believe that, that there's a, a bigger issue and it's that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again to defeat the devil, to defeat the, the way of the devil yeah. and his whole entire life. You know, the enemy of our souls. So the cross was not primarily just heaven focused. You know, one day I'll get there. You know, like I'll get saved and then one day I'll die and it'll all be okay. But there's a bigger issue in this. Jesus didn't die to forgive us our sins. Just died to forgive us our sins so we could go to heaven. I'll say it another way. Jesus died to make us slave driver free Amen. here, now, today. The word salvation, when we get saved, is actually meant to mean, it actually, I looked it up and it actually means the deliverance, welfare, and, and victory is yeah. in that word with salvation. That's right. 
has everything to do with slave driver delivered, something is ruling my life apart from God or other than God. So this morning I really want to talk about that Jesus Christ in the same way, Jesus Christ has come to bring freedom. Jesus Christ died on the cross, a brutal death, to release us from the slave drivers into freedom. So my title of my message this morning today is We're Getting Free. Just, uh, just have some scriptures. I'm just going to go through them really, really quickly. Just, just to bring out how much there's a lot of in the Bible about freedom. Jesus said that his Father had sent him to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners. This is why Jesus came to recover and the recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. In Galatians, it says, "It is for freedom that Christ has set us free." Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Even in Psalms, it says, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and he answered me, and he set me free. It's a desire of the Lord for you today. Even in Galatians again, it says, As for you, my friends, you were called to be free. There's a common thread there. God has paid the price for us to be free. So this freedom that Jesus is talking about is all about being slave, driver, free. Something that's not of God, that's ruling my life or driving my life. And how do you know if it's a slave driver? Well, it has many different... Uh, if something in your life is causing you to focus on it a lot, is taking a lot of your time, maybe your finances, uh, is pushing you to do something that you don't really want to do, is making you end up in a situation that you don't really, you know is not right, or is bringing uh, oppression, bondage, uh, is holding you down, and you know in your heart there must be so much more. Often it's because there's a slave driver in our life. I just want to go back to Exodus now and just uh, start reading a little bit about these slave drivers. But God says, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So that's what he's saying to us. I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. You know that Egypt and the Egyptians for the Israelites is a symbol of suffering and slavery. And the story isn't just about a, a, a people who've been enslaved for 430 years. It's a story about me, and it's a story about you. And it's a story about our tendency to suffer under slave drivers. You know, for the majority of these Israelites, they were born into slavery, and they didn't actually know any, any different. They were born into suffering and slavery of their forefathers, and they grew up a, with a slave mentality, slave way of thinking, and they didn't actually think any different. We too are born into a, a broken world, uh, which is run by slave drivers, both in the physical and in the spiritual. It's a world full of things designed to keep you oppressed, to keep you down, to keep you conformed. Jesus paid the price for us to walk into freedom. 
And so in this, in this story, um, Moses encounters God in this bush and, and, and he said, I've heard my people are suffering. I've heard that they're in slavery. I've seen it. I've acknowledged it. And then he said, he said to them, go, go, and, um, go and worship me. Go and be free. And so he said, to, he said, go and speak to Pharaoh and speak against it and say, we need to be free. And so that's what Moses did. He, he went and spoke to Moses and did a few signs and everything. And then the response of that was that everything became worse. Everything became worse. Suddenly life got a lot harder. They tried to get free, they tried to exhibit some freedom. Ah, oh, damn it, we shouldn't have done that. It says in Exodus 5 verses 22, Moses returned to the Lord after all this and he said, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not delivered your people in any way. So perhaps that's, that's how some of us feel this morning. You know, there's stuff that's, that's ruling in areas of our life. And we have maybe perhaps tried to get free. To get free, and it might be even for years or for generations. And there's like a shame, or maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not a good enough Christian. Maybe I just need to read the Bible more. Maybe I'm not reading the Bible. Maybe I'm not really like, you know, the other Christians and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's why I just can't seem to get free. And then Moses went back to God and, and said all this. And then God said again, he said, in, in Exodus 6 verses 6, he said, I, the Lord, I will free you from oppression and I'll rescue you from the slavery in Egypt. I'll redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people. I'll be your God. Then you'll know that I am the Lord and I'm free to you from oppression. And I'll bring you into the land that I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so Moses was like, yeah, he's going to do it. This is awesome. So then Moses went back to the people in, in verse 9. And he said, oh, what the Lord has said. Oh my goodness, God's going to deliver us all. He's going to free us from oppression. But, but then it said they were too discouraged because of the brutality of their slavery. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of people, myself included, Sometimes there's a brutality of, of the slave drivers in our life. Sometimes, you know, there's a sickness that will come upon you. Or there was uh, something uh, happens in your mind, you know, and it's brutal. You can't maybe sleep or, or relationships break down. Or there's a financial thing and it's brutal and it starts to wear you down. It starts to get you down. And then someone's coming and maybe even this morning you're in a place where you're in a place of a lot of hurt. And you're in a place of discouragement. And, and, and someone like me is preaching a gospel of freedom and I just would ask that you open your heart in that area of your life and you're not too discouraged by the brutality of the slavery to accept this message of freedom this morning. So I've just got a few slides of how, how do we start in this journey of freedom? You know, what are the ways that we can be free? 
first, the, the first way is, the first thing, and it sounds really strange, but the first thing that, like, the first key to freedom this morning is to repent and believe. Amen. Jesus said it when he, when he came, to repent. And you know, it's not like a, a shameful, like, condemned, like, oh, I'm such a terrible person, I'm, you know, God can't love me, and, you know, that's not repentance. Repentance is returning away yeah. from, from whatever, it, it's, what, what repentance is doing is it's doing our part so that God can do His. Yes. Amen. So often when we come to God, we start with our problem and what is oppressing us, but we need to come to God with His agenda, so this is repentance, knowing that I am right with God. That's the first, the first step. You know, often these things are designed, the pain, um, the suffering, the slavery, are designed to push us away from God, designed to harden our heart. And, and the, the thing that, that God, God's saying this morning is, we need to run to Him. We need to soften our heart. We need to repent, which is turning back to Him. And so an example of, of this is, is, you know, stuff can happen. People can say stuff about us. And often uh, we can have problems with unforgiveness. And the enemy and the slave driver can come in through that unforgiveness, right? Amen. And... Um, and, and I could pray for you all day. The most amazing man of God could pray for you. And, and even Jesus himself could pray for you. But at the end of the day, unless you turn away from that unforgiveness, unless you turn and you repent from that unforgiveness, Absolutely. It, it's that God's hands are tied and the enemy still has, has, a, has a way into your life. Wow. So... That's what I'm saying. The first thing that, that we have to do is just get our heart right, repent, and, and release from our part any agreement that we have with our slave drivers. The second thing is know the truth. So there's a scripture here. Jesus is talking to the Jews had believed. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So he himself is the truth. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. I'm sure you could do a whole study. On this, this kind of stuff, but for time's sake, I'm just going to skim over it. But a son and a daughter belongs to the, fa uh, the, the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. <laughs> so I propose to you this morning as well that, you know, the enemy, the enemy, the father of lies, the devil, the father of lies, the things that he uses, the first thing that he uses is like a lie. You know, and it's often like if we have a stronghold of, of, of thinking, of, of God's for thinking, he, he will come with a lie, and that's like the, um, that's like the thing that, that, it's like the bait. It's like the bait. And if you take that in, then that gives them access into your life. Yeah? yeah. And so, with the truth, that's like the thing that's going to keep you free. So I propose to you this morning that if you are bound, if you are oppressed in some kind of way, there's a truth that you do not know in that area or maybe you have forgotten. Jesus said, 
you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you're not free, there's a truth yet to know. And I just felt this morning that God was saying uh, just the truth like this. When you're going through hard, hard times, you are loved by God in the midst of it. Regardless of your circumstances, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And we have to get this right in our heart what the will of God is. You know, the truth, the truth that the Bible makes it clear that it is God's will to heal you and to deliver you and that he does not want us to be suffering in sickness and finances in, in, um, in our minds. That's not his will for us. And, and so we need to get that truth. Often, often uh, the enemy will come like with a host of different lies, all sorts of things. And like, you deserve it. Oh, it's because of what you did ages ago. Da -da 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 and we have to be so careful if we come into agreement with any one of those lies that he was like, bam, I've got the access. Bam, I can bring in those things. Number three, we need to understand our authority. You know, once we've repented and we, we know the truth. Jesus said, listen carefully, I've given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions. You know, that's just the symbolism for pretty much slave drivers for the forces of darkness and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, just for Satan, and nothing will harm you in any way. And our authority comes from knowing who we are. You know, and that's one of the things that the enemy loves to first um, attack us on is our, our identity. You know, like in the midst of it, we'll go, oh, I'm just a, I'm a, I must be a terrible person or, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner. You know, we once were sinners, but you know, if we know our identity now, our identity is that we're a son of God. We're, we're forgiven. We're spotless. We're, we're spotless. We're righteous, not because of our actions, but because of what He did on the cross and who we are now because of it. And so, and so, we need to keep on reminding the, the the enemy. We need to keep on reminding the forces of darkness. You know, don't tell me like who I am. God has already told me who I am. You know, and, and, and so, because if we come into agreement with any one of those lies, I'm, I'm telling you, if we start seeing ourselves as a slave, very quickly we'll end up in slavery. Yeah. The fourth one, submit to God and resist the devil. I'm sure we've heard this a million times. There's two secrets in there. The first one is submitting to God, His will, being obedient. Um, coming underneath his wings, being clothed in Jesus and his righteousness. You know, a lot, a lot of people get that right, but, you know, I just believe that a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians, a lot of people in churches, uh, we, we don't know how to resist the devil properly. We don't know how to know our rights in the, in, in, in the Word of God. But the Word of God says that we are, well, we have our inheritance and, and often a lot of stuff happens to us, I believe, and then we pray, and we don't see stuff happen, and we go, wow, 
maybe it's not for us, or you know, maybe I'm not good enough or something, or I need to pray more or something. And, and we pray and then, and then we let it dominate us. We let it intimidate us and we don't fight the, the, the fight. And uh, I was watching a video um, randomly uh, like a month ago and it just really struck me and then but it just really touched almost the heart. It's just the most random video. And then uh, when I was putting this message together, it kind of came back to me. So um, there's a lot of symbolism in this that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to um, bring out. So we're just going to watch this, this quick video. It's kind of random. Countless times I've met parents who've done everything right. They've raised kids who are courteous, disciplined, and highly respectful, but they still get tormented by bullies. Being a parent is a very difficult job, and bullying is something that parents don't think about until it happens to their child. Once a bully targets a particular child, we found that the harassment will continue for as long as they can get away with it. The problem well understood is the problem half solved. So the first thing we teach our students is how bullies choose their targets. Bullies target kids who don't stand up for themselves. If you don't stand up for yourself, they'll just constantly go after you. But if you stand up for yourself, they won't. If someone's messing with you, you like shouldn't just, if you should you shouldn't you shouldn't just walk away and pretend it didn't happen. You gotta stand up for yourself. Because if you do, um then they'll just do it worse and worse each day. It'll get worse. But if you stop it right there the moment it starts, they won't then... want to mess with you. <laughs> it just really struck me how there was some some things I was thinking about and said you can be a nice person, you can be a courteous person, but it doesn't make you exempt from bullying. The harassment will continue as long as they can get away with it. Bullies target those of us who don't stand up for ourselves and when we accept second best in our life. <clears throat> One of the tactics of the enemy is intimidation. And sometimes stuff happens and then we, we, we fight against it and it gets worse momentarily. But I'm saying this morning, if we keep on pressing, we keep on uh, with the word of God, um, though they, they, will, they, they will stand down and God will give us authority over the enemy. And the fifth and final, final slide is find some people to help you out. You know, in the last probably six weeks, um, I've had these random things. I've just woken up in the morning and, and felt terrible, and then I've started like out of nowhere, you know, like suddenly had like a bad like a sickness that, that, that kind of came upon me. And uh, <clears throat> randomly, I've had had people, you know, I might go to some places to pray or something like that, and people will just um, pray for me. Or even I had this one person that I know who lives in Auckland and I messaged and said I'm sick and she sent through a, a voice message um, and she she kind of got the spirit of infirmity off my life and literally I listened to it and I felt the heat coming back into my face. Um, you know like if you can get around mature people of faith who have expectation, who have, who have belief and, and you can say to them, you know like because I had prayed it on myself, I was like oh I'm not feeling very good. God, can you heal me? And it's like God brought someone else into my life. 
you know, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We're all here to help each other. You know, if you had a monkey on your back, it'd be pretty hard to help me get, get this thing off. But your mate, he can take it off for you. So I just one other video here which just kind of puts in that, that point. As they mature, young males begin to explore the boundaries of the pride's territory. Red has ventured out alone. straight into the middle of the hyena clan. He's trapped by over 20 of them. The pack tries to wear him down. This number of hyenas could kill him. It's impossible to find them all at once. He can't keep them at bay for much longer. He's tiring fast. His ally, Tartu, has heard the commotion. Now the odds have changed. Even for 20 hyenas, a pair of male lions is too much to take on. something and just like those hyenas you know by ourselves how do we how do we deal with all of this stuff but you know as we draw close to Jesus and as we uh, believe in what he died on the cross for our freedom um, I really believe you know if, if, if we have a if any one of us has a problem and or you know not a problem but we feel that there's um, Oppression in our life, which we all all have, you know, it's it's not us, it's the enemy who's trying to come and and to bring us um, down into slavery. That I believe that we could stand together this morning um, in each of us. So um, that's the that's the end of my message this morning. Uh, but I'm sure that um, that that there's. Uh, yeah, that Holy Spirit wants to do stuff this morning. We, um, I'll, I'll leave that up to Brad, but um, I have faith and expectation here this morning that if you uh, are in a spot just like that, that lion was, that that we're, we're here as the body of Christ uh, to see those things shifted and um, for freedom. Yeah.